This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk for Wednesday, July the 10th. I'm your host, D.A. Last night, the all-star game for Major League Baseball. It's another American League win. What a run of dominance the AL has been on in the Midsummer's Classic. It's a 4-3 victory. Good action, crisply played baseball game. But perhaps the big takeaway last night was the technology. The Fox broadcast having... Multiple players mic'd up. In fact, a number of Astros players mic'd up at the same time. And Braves all-star Freddie Freeman mic'd up as he was at the plate taking pitches from Justin Verlander. So how interesting, how unique, how historic is that? Here's Sean and RJ on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. It was great last night to watch Fox and watch these players either in the outfield or, as was the case with Freddie Freeman, up to bat against Justin Verlander. Oh, that was unfair, Freddie. Wow. Strike, guys. It was a strike. All right. And I'm a pitcher, so I'm being fair. Back here, then. Oh. Oh. Well, throw strike. He told me to swing the bat. (laughs) He's actually talking to Verlander. That's amazing. You throw me a strike. You told me to swing the bat, so that's what I'm doing. Here's the thing. There's 162 games in the regular season in the Major League Baseball season. Of those 162 games, you narrow it down to 10%, that's about 16 games. You narrow that down to half of that, that's about eight games. Narrow it down to half of that, that's four games. I'm literally saying that what Major League Baseball needs to do is to go to each individual team and tell them, listen, there's a lot of games this season. So we want you to pick a handful of games that you feel comfortable with and allow your players, whether you want them at bat or in the field, to be mic'd up. Yeah. And to interact with your local broadcasters because it will add a different element to the game. Because that last night was simply amazing. Do you really think – I get how hitting it might be distracting to the hitter to have an earpiece in. I get that. Oh, yeah. And even even Freddie Freeman said that as he was walking up to the plate. Like, I've never had this thing in my ear before while batting. That I get that. But as a fielder – like, Francisco Lindor was still going about his business. He was still talking to the other fielders. He was still engaging with, uh, you know, the, his, you know, obviously the umpire, his pitcher. He was still there. You could do this for guys in the field. It, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is 2019, right? So technology is such that you probably... Hang on, hang on, check it. Yes, yes, okay. it's, it's 2019. Go ahead. Technology is such where you probably don't have to have a four-pound battery pack on your on your butt. Okay, you could probably have a wireless thing where all you got to do is put an earpiece in and a microphone and that's it. There's probably cordless that you can do. It's probably really, really simple. And I would absolutely love every 
like every national broadcast, every single national baseball broadcast. So the Saturday on Fox, the Sunday on ESPN, like the Wednesday on ESPN, Friday on MLB Network. That's it. Those are the games where you mic somebody up, pick somebody from the home team because it's easier to be at home than on the road. Somebody from the home team, mic them up, and go with it. That was great last night. So much fun to watch and hear. Freeman just talking about Verlander. I mean, because you can't imagine. I mean, can you imagine what it feels like to stand in the batter's box and see a guy like Verlander, like throwing yeah. the baseball? Oh, I know. And that, I just, I just to, to have any type of a feel of what that's like and maybe add in a few more of like the helmet cameras and things like that that you see in the College World Series. Yeah. I kind of like that look from time to time. I want to see. The umpire's mask, you know, and the, just take the fan into the game yep. as often as you can and in every way you possibly can. Amen. I mean, and just maybe social media is the way to do it. Maybe you have some type of a feed on some type of a, a baseball yeah, platform do it on, or whatever. Yeah, do it on social media or something like that. So if there's a curse word or something like that, it doesn't have to get you know bleeped out, even though it's easy to do. But, you know, I would love to see the batter mic'd up. For the main purpose, I just want to see the catcher-batter exchange, if there is one. Is it really like Jake Taylor in Major League? Okay? <laughs> Good is, one. It, is, it, is that what it's like? No, is it like Porter and Sandlot? Yeah. That's what I want to see. That's one. You know, these are the types of things the baseball definitely needs to hone in on, the types of things they need to look for opportunities to execute. Because when you look at the starting lineups of last night's game and you compare those to the starting lineups of, say, 20 years ago, it's a no contest in terms of the recognition the population at large has of the players. You look at last night and there's a lot of young guys that a lot of people probably have not heard of yet. And then 20 years ago, it was a league dotted with the Sosa and McGuire and Barry Bonds and Ken Griffey Jr., Kurt Schilling, Pedro Martinez, guys that have become household names. Now, granted, they had a number of years to build up that celebrity. And right now we're at the forefront of players' careers. But the point is you're looking for more opportunities for the population to understand these players, to know these players, to relate to these players. And having the guys mic'd up on the field last night definitely seemed like a step in the right direction in that regard. A storyline that was floating around All-Star Week was, are the balls juiced this year in Major League Baseball? Yet again, baseball is on pace for the most home runs ever in a season. In fact, MLB is on pace this year to hit over 6,600 home runs. The previous record of 2017 all-time is 6,100 home runs. So that's an enormous increase. What is happening? Well, Justin Verlander spoke out and said he believes the ball is juiced. He believes the Major League Baseball, which owns Rawlings, is making a baseball that travels farther. Here's the guys on Sports Radio 610 in the loop in Houston. Did Verlander just own Manfred? I think he just owned Rob Manfred. I mean, if you didn't see the story, uh, you know, this is what he was asked about the juice baseballs, the increased home runs in baseball. And what he said, it was like he just shed an incredible light on a topic that a lot of people were not talking about. I mean, <laughs> seriously. He says it's a bleeping joke. Major League Baseball's turning the game into a joke. This is all Justin Verlander I'm saying here. They own Rawlings, and you've got Manfred up here saying it might be the way they center the pill. That's, the, I guess, the core of the baseball. They own the bleeping company. 
if any other $40 billion company bought out a $400 million company and the product changed dramatically, it's not a guess as to what happened. We all know what happened. Manfred, the first time he came in, what did he say? He said, we want more offense. All of a sudden he comes in, the balls are juiced. It's not coincidence. We're not idiots. There's, like, again, and I just, I'm going to be completely honest. I had no idea that Major League Baseball bought Rawlings. And he's 100% right. 100% right. Uh, you don't change the ball <laughs> in, a, in a sport without the sport knowing. You don't do it. I mean, it's like, like you mentioned, uh, you know, the NBA did that not long ago. And it yeah, be- but it was a big freaking deal. It was a huge deal, and they announced it before, and they talked about it, and they did tests and all this other thing. It was in 2006. They changed the whole damn basketball, and it did not last very long, but it was a known thing that they changed the basketball. And it was announced in advance. I don't see how this is the thing. Like, I, I don't see how if the baseball is different, if the baseball is juiced, and there's been a lot of studies to show that it is. No, well, first of all, real quick. They've measured the baseball. They've taken them apart. The pill is is smaller, the core, and the seams are lower. So so it's like how, how can you do that? I don't know. And that's why I don't understand. Like, how can you do that? I mean, it's like they changed the how ball. Is that, how is that different if then and, and, and uh, this might be a dumb question, but we're we're open to dumb questions here on In the Loop, especially mm. for me. Mm-hmm. How is this different than a baseball player corking his bat? Like honestly, like I, I know I, I get well, that because it it's be- institutional. Okay, it's institutional, but yeah. still, you're, doing, no, you're basically no, doing the hey, same thing. I'm agreeing with you. It's, it's a joke. It's sneaky, <laughs> and it's a sneak. But can you imagine, like this? This uh, they're sitting there in Rawlings, and they're like, "Okay, we got to change the ball. All right, let's make the seam smaller. Let's change the, the the pill a little bit." And there's like some dude in the back raising his hand, saying, "You think we should like you know make a call or something? Do you think we should like send a memo or an email?" Uh, no, we're good. They changed the ball. It's scientifically proven. The analytics has showed that they've changed it. So Justin Verlander owned Rob Manfred, and Rob Manfred today is is having his availability with uh, the media. This guy ain't very sharp, by the way. It doesn't seem like he's it. not, man. Uh, like you remember the Levitard thing when they when they, when they took him to task. This Manfred guy, man. This of all the commissioners, Goodell can do a good job of going up there and BSing. Like mm-hmm. he's he's your typical corporate guy, and I think his job's hard because he is the king of the most powerful league. And and, and so I re, I have a, a level of respect for Roger Goodell despite his flaws. This Rob Manfred guy. He's, uh, I don't want to say he's well, in over his head, but he's not very good at going up there and, and taking the AK-47 of media-type bullets that, well, that, that comes with that, and, that position. And what he's doing right now, uh, you know, wrapping up his press conference with a lot of the baseball writers, is basically, I mean, we live in an era of when in doubt, lie, and he's just basically lying. I mean, just standing up there, just looking people in the face, just flat out lying. Quote, baseball has done nothing, given no direction for an alteration of the baseball. Once again, they changed the So Rawlings just sat the there ball. and decided to do it on their own? They changed the ball. Baseball has become a game, as we all know, it's been written and spoken a million times, of three true outcomes. Walk, strikeout, home run. And nobody pays to watch strikeouts and nobody pays to watch walks. So the home run, because there's so much power pitching... I think, and because there's such specialization in relievers, the home run has become so valuable, maybe even more so than the steroid era, 
because this is where offense is emanating from so much of the time. So baseball definitely wants to see more home runs because that's the easiest way to have more action in their game. And winding the baseball tighter or having less drag, a smoother baseball, absolutely, 100% is something that baseball knows is good for business. And so they, you wouldn't put it past them, would want that. And maybe it changes in the offseason if the home runs really are out of control. But I think Justin Verlander just exposed and verbalized what a lot of people kind of assumed already. Rob Manfred inherited Major League Baseball from Bud Selig, who was on the job for a number of decades. And Bud Selig's baseball fandom goes back a long time. Selig was a huge baseball fan much before he ever owned the Milwaukee Brewers or oversaw Major League Baseball. So let's hear Bud Selig go down memory lane on Hank Aaron, Major League Baseball history, the best hitters ever, and his organization, the Brewers, as he joined Mike Francesa on WFAN in New York. You've seen everybody. Oh, I've seen you everybody. You saw DiMaggio. You and loved you know, him. I who's do, the best DiMaggio player? DiMaggio was my hero as a kid I know that. Up. You said that in the uh, book. But who's no. the best player? What player made you say, wow, wow? Henry Aaron. Henry Aaron. Didn't get the publicity. Didn't, because he played Think, in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. And he Atlanta. wasn't flashy like Mays. And exactly. he wasn't Mickey. And don't misunderstand. And he wasn't Mickey. Mays was phenomenal. Was he you jealous should... of Manlin Mays? No. No, huh? No, he doesn't have a jealous bone. In so now, even though he was as good as those guys and didn't get the attention till they were gone, right? Didn't bother and, him. And as his years have gone on, now he's gotten a lot of attention. Absolutely, but no, it didn't. But look, Mays was phenomenal. They both always said how good Aaron was too. No, quite, they oh, bo- there's no question. They about always it. did. Williams was probably the greatest hitter I ever saw. He was. I think. All right, the game on the line. Okay, you need a base hit. You don't need a home run. You want Yount in the box or Molitor in the box. Oh. You're going to pick Molitor, I think. One I hit. No, that's one nobody's ever asked me. That's a very good question. Um, I'll win with either one of them. Come on, which one? One Your life on the line, which one? William said Molitor was the best swing he saw in his whole life. Exactly, he told me that over and over. Um, Molitor was a great hitter. Yount was a great player. Molitor was a great hitter. No question about it. Yeah, Yount was a great player all the way around. I, I, can't, I don't know. I mean, i, I got to think about that one. That's a, those are two. Those are your two. No, those are your two favorite players of the modern guys in your Brewers. Those are your two guys. Yes, yes. You had them both so long. That's I why. Did. No question about. It. They were great players too. Which you ones? Know, which remember- ones were you more surprised about their career? Yana Malata. When they were young, which one did you think was going to be a better player? Um, we got Malata. He was a University of Minnesota kid. He came quicker. Um. George Bamberger was our manager, who was one of my all And he wanted to lead him off, right? He said, lead him off. Lead him, he called him the igniter. Yep. And he says, that kid is so good. He told me in spring training, 1978, kid hadn't played in the big leagues yet. He said, you know what? That kid's going to Hall of Fame if he stays healthy. Turned out to be right. But How so about did that? Um, and Bamberger, funny, because, you know, pitching coaches don't make great managers. And he your was, guy was, was a good and manager. he got sick on 43 years we had won 93 and 95 games. He was a great man. And they played for Harvey Keene for you guys, oh, too. God, they they loved, loved Harvey Keene. Harvey was the same thing. They loved him, too. Harvey yeah. was a Milwaukee kid who played. My dad uh, had a Ford dealership, American Legion Bowl, and Harvey played on that team. One one game to win. What pitcher in your life? Is it Sandy? Would it be Sandy Koufax oh. or somebody else? I oh. think so, too. I think so, too. And I love Spawn. And I love those That's how you saw Spawn all the oh, time. But you know Spawn what? Sandy lot, was I, different. Oh, he was. I saw. I got to see him pitch in person when I was a kid. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. No one's ever been as good as he. No, that's exactly. I totally no, agree. I couldn't agree with you more. No, there's no question. If I got to win a game tomorrow, you give me Koufax.
And what's the one thing you want people to remember about Bud Selig? Um, I love the game. It was a period of change, and um, and um, the game was better, but but always with the understanding, and I, that's why the title meant so much to me. Might be painful, and I took a lot of abuse and certainly, but always do what's in the best interest of the game. And if it's painful for you, so be it. For the good of the game, Bud Selig with Phil Rogers, Harper Collins, a book, William Morrow. Uh, it's out now. Uh, it's going to do very well, but it'll make a couple of stops. Thank you for coming in and giving me an hour. I Pleasure appreciate it, Bud. You. Pleasure to see you. Good to see you. Bud Selig. It was always curious to me that we had the greatest living ball player in Joe DiMaggio and the greatest living hitter in Ted Williams, and then both those guys passed away, and we never passed on that mantle. Hank Aaron or Willie Mays, take your pick. I'm okay with either one. Should be consistently referred to as the greatest living ball player. Both those guys hit for power. They hit for average. Willie Mays obviously was an incredible fielder as well, perhaps the greatest ever defensively. And those are two of the greatest players of all time. They are still with us. They should be honored as such. Those two are the greatest living ball players, and we should refer to them as such. Pretty cool to hear Bud Seeley go down memory lane on all of them. Over to football, we're a couple of weeks away from training camps opening up. By the end of the month, we'll have teams getting ready for the Hall of Fame game. And can the San Francisco 49ers rebound after an injury plague season last year where their starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, went down with a season-ending injury. They have brought in Richard Sherman a year ago after the Seattle Seahawks had cut bait with him. And now he's looking at a young defensive player on his side of the football, Nick Bosa, a first-round draft pick of the Niners. Richard Sherman on seeing the future with Damon Bruce on 95.7 of the game in San Francisco. I know he hasn't signed yet. Have you talked to Nick Bosa? I haven't talked to him since we left for, for OT minicamp and OTAs and everything. Um, but last I talked to him, he was feeling good. He, I don't think it's going to be an issue in terms of you know him showing up to training camp. You know, but I could be wrong. Um, he seems like a guy who's bought in, a guy who looks forward to, to being a part of this team and, and to helping us uh, in the way they brought him in here to help. You know, obviously, you know the paperwork has to get done, but you know I'm sure he leaves that to his people and, and 49ers. Speaking. Of- uh, you're talking about rehab and guys being a part of this team. There's obviously a few big names we're looking at. How do Jimmy Garoppolo, Jarek McKinnon, and I'm going to throw Quan Alexander in there too because he's coming back from an injury as well. How are they looking? Well, Jimmy was looking good in, in, in the OTA sessions and in many camps. Um, Jarek didn't really get a chance to, to do many team drills, even 707, so it's hard to say. Okay. Um, but they were looking good on, on the side. You know, he looks powerful in the weight room. He was looking fast in his, in his drill work and his rehab work. Quam, the same thing. They, they, him and Fred were working on the side. So um, we didn't get a chance to see him in, in team drills. But I know the kind of player he was and the kind of player he is. And, and he looked like he was moving like himself. And when you talk to him, you know, every time you ask him how he's doing, he says legendary. So, you know, I look forward to getting him out there and, 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 and having a blast. There you go. I'm going to start answering that question. How are you? I'm legendary. Thank you. Does he do the, the like, <laughs> how I met your mother? Does he pause in the middle of the legendary? Like, how does that work? <laughs> right, right. He, he just goes right through, man. He's pretty confident. <laughs> 
Richard, he lacks confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, I know that you're calling in on, on behalf of your pal to win the celebrity contest. I'd say he's got a very good chance of that happening today. Um, hey, if you could give us a call every week, that would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, we love talking to you. This is There's no reason why we shouldn't do this every single Tuesday around 4 o'clock. Uh, right, we're, right. Yeah, seriously, thanks for calling in. This was great. Uh, how worried are you about this Hail Mary rule and will the NFL ever get out of its own way on this issue? Uh, you know, I'm not – as a DB, you just can't – you can't worry about anything. You know, all, it's always another rule the next year to, to try to try to make our jobs harder and, and to make it more difficult for us to cover. And, you know, at, at one point they're going to just tell us, let them catch the ball and we'll, we'll flag you if you don't. You know, it, as a DB, you just got to go out there and do the best you can and – and play within the rules as best you know how and let the chips fall where they may. Because if you go out there too concerned about the rules and too concerned about how they're going to officiate it, then you're going to get the worst possible result either way. Bosa can be a shop wrecker. He can be a quarterback collapser and really make opposing offenses lives a living hell, but he's got to be on the field. And his father was a guy that could not stay on the field and had his career cut short despite big expectations when he was drafted. And his brother, Joey Boza, is a guy that when he's on the field is amazing, but has also dealt with some injury history. And now you have Nick Bosa, who was shut down midway through the season at Ohio State for injuries as well. If Bosa is on the field, this Niners team should have a huge bounce-back season. And maybe even without him, but Bosa's going to be a big part of that defense, and he's got to stay healthy if the 49ers want to get to where they want to get to, which is the playoffs and beyond. Back over to baseball for a moment as the Philadelphia Phillies will embark on the second half of the season in one of the two National League wildcard slots. Now remember, before the season began, we had thought that perhaps the National League East would house multiple postseason teams. And right now, if the season ended today, that's exactly what would happen. That we would have... The Atlanta Braves as the division winners, and then the two wild cards coming out of the East in the Nationals and the Phillies. But can those two teams hold on? And because the Phillies have dealt with a lot of controversy and injuries, what's holding them together? Here's manager Gabe Kapler on WIP in Philadelphia with Angelo Cataldi in the morning show. So far, first half, Gabe, biggest strength of the team, and how will you maintain that in the second half? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's it's the hitting or the bullpen or the pitch. I don't think it's any one category like that. I think our biggest strength has been our toughness. And I think it's the real reason that if the season ended today, we'd be in the playoffs. Um, we lost huge pieces of our bullpen. We lost our leadoff hitter and emotional spark plug. plug. We had key pieces of our team, as you know, get off to rough starts. Um, and our guys just continued to battle daily. And the group stayed loose and continues to stay loose. We know that we're going to have a lot more challenges like the one we faced in the first half, and our toughness will define us during those challenges. And so far, that has been the strength of our team. All right, Gabe, biggest concern? Yeah. Um, well, openly, my biggest concerns are always related to health. Uh, as an industry, we're still learning how to keep guys healthy, uh, how to get guys healthy faster. faster. Um, and, and it's a puzzle. There's so much we, we don't know. But what we do know is that if our guys feel good and strong, they're more likely to play good and strong. So, like I said, fascinated by this puzzle. Wish I had all the answers here. Just don't. 
The ownership of this team made such a financial commitment to this season, Gabe. Do you ever take a moment to worry about what the repercussions might be if you don't make the playoffs? I don't worry at all about that, Angelo. Uh, I want to manage the Phillies because I love this team and I love our fans. But but I really do know how this works. Uh, I'm responsible and accountable for wins and losses. It's that simple. But I never played this game. And I know you ask me from time to time about my experience as a player. I never played this game worried about repercussions. And I won't manage this team with worry either. Right. So you don't feel any extra pressure as you start the second half? Uh, that's, a, that's a different and a fair question. I, I do feel pressure, and I really like it. Um, going back to the player analogy, I, I got to Boston in the middle of the summer back in 2003, and the team was making a really strong push to get to the postseason that year. And the Marlins came to Fenway Park, and Brad Penny was on the mound for the Marlins for my first game as a Red Sox player. And I was coming from Colorado, and I hadn't experienced that level of intensity as a home player. Um, so the expectations were high in Boston that year. Uh, we were counted on to perform. And I had one of my best days uh, as, I, as I got to Boston. And it was because of the pressure of my first time wearing that uniform. So I guess all of this is to say that pressure can bring out the best in us. And I'm glad we have it here in Philadelphia. Gabe, you hit the monster off Brad, Brad Penny on your first game, didn't you? No, Angelo, I cleared the monster. No way! Yeah! Stop it, stop. You, you know the story. You're just, you're just trying no, to no, I, I, again. I, I, we, I, we've talked about it. <laughs> he cleared the monster out. Good job. Gabe, good luck the second half. I appreciate you coming right, on today, Gabe. Thanks. Take care. Kapler has dealt with his fair share of criticism this season. I mean, just earlier in the year, the same guy that was just interviewing him there, Angelo Cataldi, said Kapler should be fired. He was unfit to be the manager of the Phillies. Comes with the territory in Philadelphia. Gabe Kapler should not be managing the Philadelphia Phillies. He should have been fired. And the fact that he wasn't, and the fact that Gene Segura played last night, is a disgrace to the Phillies organization, and to the city of Philadelphia. But so far, the Phillies, after their big splash in free agency in the offseason, bringing in Bryce Harper, are still tenuously holding on to a wild-card slot. And right now, a postseason berth would be welcomed after a number of down years in the city of brotherly love. Finally, back to football. Another day, another series of, is Gronk coming back? Gronk working out with Tom Brady, catching passes with him in the offseason, which inevitably leads to people saying, Gronk's going to return in September, won't he? He'll just miss training camp and the preseason. Well, here's Ordway, Merloni, and Foria, specifically Christian Foria, who played tight end for that Patriots organization on WEEI in Boston. And Foria, he ain't convinced. I he's going to be a thinner version. Two months ago. He's going to be a slot receiver when he comes back. Yeah, That's honestly, all. he's going to be Travis Kelsey, a skinnier <laughs> version of Travis. You know what? Jimmy Graham. He's going to be Jimmy Graham. He could do that. Tom needs someone to throw to, so you know. Jimmy Graham. Graham, if you told Gronk, listen, we're never going to attach you to the tackle. You're never going to have to set the edge. We're just going to – you're going to be a slot hybrid uh, Y slash H. You're going to be a hybrid tight end. Mm. To, to be honest, we're gonna, you're going to run corner routes. Okay. And here's the thing. We're not going to run you in shallow crosses or sit routes over the over the middle where you're going to get jammed by strong safeties and linebackers after you catch the ball. You know what we're going to do? Deep outs, high corners where you're going to catch the ball and you'll run out of bounds. You you'll never get hit. You wrong. don't even have to shower after the games. You wouldn't know nobody's going to touch you. Nah. The thing is, he's skinny as hell. 
He's not coming back. He says it's uh, 20 pounds. It looks more like 30-plus to me. I, I know I, I, so, I, I can saw tell you. him. Maybe 35. There's a picture of him. He was at Lake Winnipesaukee uh, over the 4th of July weekend, um, him and his girlfriend. And I saw the picture. I'm like, he looks like he's uh, you know, a freshman in college. He's just not coming back. No one should actually get their hopes up. No one should get excited about it. He's done ski. <laughs> Can I say that officially? Go ahead, hey, say it. Tweet it, tweet it out. But, but you Christian wanna... Fourier says that, and I said it a year ago. He done ski. Not Can I tell you something? Term. It is, Levin. It, it is the topic that will not go away. I will guarantee you right now, Patriots get off to a slow start, which they always do, and they're 2-2 two and two after the first four games. You know what people are going to be saying? They need Gronk. Yeah. They need Gronk. They have to get Gronk. But you back. know who they're going to get back right. after they're 2-2? Two two? Ben Watson. That's right. Because he's going to serve a four-game right. suspension. Right. Ben will come back, and I guess Ben, I guess, could save the day as long as he's not catching Yeah, I think you're passes. giving him a little too much credit about saving the day. He certainly will be better than what they have That, at that is going to be an interesting yeah, but no. That may be a stretch. So, trying to figure out how productive he's going to be. I mean, how is he going to fit in? I mean, the offense is pretty easy. He's still one of the strongest guys in the NFL, even at, with, at his age. I'm just curious how that position is going to look. What's it going to look like? I mean, is, is Ben your go-to guy? Well, what, what happens when Gronk comes back after week eight? Ben is not coming back. He's <laughs> Dunsky. Dunsky, Dunsky, Dunsky. Everybody <laughs> loves that word. Get, get, get used to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. All For season sure. long. I, I really fear that all season long, we're going to hear people calling up and saying, "I think Gronk's coming back." I think Gronk's coming. I back. would say that the one of the one of the problems, see, Gronk was forced to be a certain size based on the the, the job requirements yeah, the for needs. the Patriots. Yeah. Well, no, because he just had to be two sixty five. Yeah, he had to be. You know, he had to be that big. If he's a flex situational tight end slash H back, you don't need to be two sixty five. That's true. That's true. I'm not even kidding. So, and I and I compare it to. Yeah, one hundred percent. Is he more? Uh, is he more physical? But you're going to have to change his role dramatically. Which is fine, right? He's still six six. So he's, he's still. Not, so he's not Dunsky. No, he is Dunsky. He's just a different. I would coming say, back as a different Dave, guy. Do you know how hard it would position? be? So like, you're done. You're having the summer of Gronk all over again. The retirement tour. You're not doing anything. You're not lifting that heavy weight. You're doing a lot of rehab. You're doing a lot of pliability work. You're doing guns and stuff like that, so you can look good in your tank top. You know, as you're walking around in the summertime. But being football strong is a totally different commitment. The, the exercises that you do, the, the, you know, how long you have to be in the weight room, how, how much tougher it is to recover from your workouts. The workouts that he's doing, they're easy. They're, they're easy. It's low-impact aerobic stuff where you know, he just looks good in a bathing suit. His abs are popping out. His guns are showing. <laughs> but now, listen, Gronk, uh, in seven weeks, can you get in shape? Like football shape, start squatting, start doing heavy bench. I, it just, I, it's just not happening. I'm not convinced either, man. You lose that much weight. You have that type of injury history. You are not just going to jump right back into the fray and put on all that football weight again. When you see how much weight Gronk has lost, you realize he's not lining up at tight end anymore. And when you take time away from football and your body changes, it's dangerous to just jump right back into it. And Gronk knows that. I'm with those guys. I don't believe Gronk is coming back. I think that is just fool's gold and hopeful, wishful thinking from Pats fans and probably a lot of media as well that want to get quotes from Gronk. That'll do it. The best in your sports talk for Wednesday, July the 10th. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. 
Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 